On 11-16, SEN, the Four Diegos. They may result in an opportunity. This time, Fahid Benkow follows in. FBK to Barisha. There it is. He's broken the record. Bessar Barisha from Fahid Benkalfala. Indeed, he will chip it over the top. Donaghy's in, and he scored. Magnificent. James Donaghy. And I got that one right. That was an own goal. Nice header from the youngster, and it's 2-0 victory. The giveaway now, Barisha again. Barisha sends it through to FPK. He's onside. Fahid Ben-Kalfalak gives it up to Rojas. Unselfish play by Fahid Ben-Kalfalak, and Rojas puts it away. It's 3-0 victory. Here's another one, Jonathan. Excuse me. Rojas is on again. Rojas. Barisha's there. It's Rojas. Two in a row for the Kiwi Messi. <laughs> Marco Rojas. And it's 4-0 victory. And it's now a blowout officially. And has earned himself a free kick. And it's sent forward. Here's an opportunity. And that no. might be a goal. And indeed it is. Tyson Bahaja. Bahaja. We called it. Mm-hmm. Or you called it, Clint. He came on. And that was well taken. And... Thomas out in a little bit of a no-man's land, but well finished by the youngster Bahaja, and it's 4-1. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Four Diego's final whistle here on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. The Four Diego's with you. Nice to have your company again, Rodrigo Rodriguez. Thanks to the SEN call team, of course, of Ed Wyatt, Clint Bolton, and Jonathan Howcroft doing a fantastic job after victory's 4-1 victory against Central Coast Mariners. Vic, Vinny Venezuela, you're here as well. G'day. G'day, Rodrigo. You're happy, aren't you? I'm very happy. Yes. You know, victory played like it was 25 degrees. <laughs> Such is that team's quality. Mm. What was the weather tonight, Warren? It was pretty warm, Rodrigo, and mm. Sunday is New Year's Day. So <laughs> there you go. Is that why you asked me the question? Oh, I was just leading you, you in make, there. You what? make one mistake. No, well, I no, didn't no, say no, it was you a are. mistake. You're, it's... it's Anyway. You make one mistake. No, it was a great game tonight. Victory were excellent in all facets of the game. And um, we'll look forward to talking about it. And there's a couple of updates I'd like to give from last night, but we'll do that a oh, little bit later. Forward, looking forward to that. Uh, g'day, Carlos. Hello, Rodrigo. And uh, how are you there, Vinny and Warren? And hello, listeners out there. Getting into your cars now, switching on that air conditioning, Ooh. and just listening to the Diego's. When you get home, if you've got no air conditioning at home, just sleep in your car tonight. <laughs> We've just slept in the, in the studio, by the way. We haven't yeah. left since last night. Uh, it is stinking hot out there, and I feel for the players. And by the way, if I can just raise this now... I wonder how many of the g- girls in the W League game went to hospital after the game today. They played right in the middle really of not, it. Yeah. The boys were soft. The girls were right in the middle of this heat. I don't know how they did it in the humidity today. No, I reckon they should have let them play with the sprinklers on, Carlos. They oh. let them, and let just them, frolic yeah, around just, the sprinklers. Just let them play with the yeah, sprinklers yeah. on. It was a really, really uh, trying day for anyone who wanted to play football today. And I really felt, I watched the, uh, the, the girls' game earlier on today, and it was a great win by Canberra in the end. But, geez. Uh, I felt sorry for the uh, Melbourne Victory goalkeeper, redheaded, uh, in this sun. 
Uh, <laughs> I hope she slip slop slap because there was a lot of redness. We've got a lot of redness in this studio with Warren too, so I know what that is. Yeah, I saw it. Um, the commentator, there was a, a player that was limping and uh, who was had ginger hair, and the uh, commentator <laughs> said just walking around very gingerly at the moment. Anyway, it was, it was 2-1 in oh, that. You know, uh, I've suffered those type of jokes all my well, life. Well, it wasn't a joke. It was, it's it was. what she said, but it was... You know, no. Uh, no pun intended. We are the yeah. most persecuted group of people on the planet. Redheads? No, no well, doubt. It's a bit, bit, bit sad, really. But it's 2-1 uh, <laughs> uh, was Canberra's victory. Yeah. They, they, it was a late show for them. Um, Dowie scored for uh, Melbourne victory. Flannery and then Sykes right in the 89th minute uh, sealed the deal for, for Canberra. So victory just can't take a trick at the moment in the W League. But they certainly can in the uh, A League because they uh, absolutely smashed Central Coast Mariners 4-1. McGing with an own goal. We all thought it was Barisha's yeah. goal uh, <laughs> yeah. to, to take over from Archie in the 28th minute. Donachy, uh with the head in the 51st and then Rojas scored uh, two lovely goals in the 58th and 59th minute and then Bahaja came on and scored in the 89th minute. The crowd tonight was mm. 20,491 at Amy Park. Not bad. Looked on, on the TV because we obviously yep. can't go. On the TV it looked... Uh, Looked great. Look, the atmosphere looked really good. So if you were there, nine four two nine eleven sixteen, give us a call. Tell us what you thought about the game. What was what was the atmosphere like? We'd like to know all of that stuff. How hot was it? Yeah. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Vinny Venezuela. Um what's the hotline tonight? The hotline is <laughs> Victory on the March. The Victory on the March hotline, because let's face it, yeah. when you do what, what you did what they did today in, in these sorts of conditions. You're sending a message to Sydney and mm. anyone else who, who who cares to listen. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen or zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Got a lot of calls from Melbourne City fans yep. last night. So Melbourne victory. Not fans. many of them that good. Not many of them complimentary. <laughs> no. Can I say? Or confident? Yeah, going forward. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Uh, getting some text messages as well. Um, and Carlos, just you know, just uh, we talked about it last night. Girls versus women. Yeah. Um, you know, I think. Did I did I mention the you, girls? But, but at least you're a bit more consistent. You said boys as well when you referred to yeah. the men. Okay, but uh, you know it is adults and yep. it's uh, men and women. Anyway, so there you go. I think we just got a couple of oh, teachers really, already. already. <laughs> so, uh, Jeez, I didn't realise that uh, really pressed people's buttons. Well, okay. it does. It oh, does. Men and women then, rather yeah. than boys and girls. There you go. There you go. There were some young girls playing in the <laughs> W League games. By the way, they're That's very, very young confusing, side. isn't it? I know. Anyway, I know. no, but they're an open age competition, so yeah. they're women. okay. All right. No worries. <laughs> hey, tonight's show is brought to you by Tax Talk, Best on Plumbing, and the Northern Football Academy at St. Monica's College in Epping. Uh, Vinny's Best On's coming up very, very soon. But, uh, hey, let's get into it tonight. Uh, it's 13 minutes past 10. Hey, um, what are you, let's, let's, what, what was, um, <laughs> what am I talking about? <laughs> Why did you start <laughs> laughing? You put me off then. Victory did what they had to do tonight, didn't they? Yes. It was it was one of those games in stinking heat. Yep. You know, what was your impression? Let's start with you. I've got the thesaurus out and the words that come to mind power, dominance, focus, yeah, wow. professional. Oh, you're prepared. Yep. And three other words frightened of musket. <laughs> apparently Muskie didn't lighten up the load, the training load during the Christmas. Apparently it trained Christmas Day and Christmas Eve. There was no lightning. And uh, before the uh, game tonight, uh, in his uh, pre-game little chat with Michael Zapponi, he did actually admit that the boys have made a huge sacrifice during this period. Uh, and I think he's just really, really uh, just churning the heat up on the boys and getting a little bit more competition for places. They, I think they always knew they were going to win tonight, but now it's all about making sure these guys are cherry ripe for the games going forward. Leading up to that game, I know they're taking it one game at a time, but on the 26th of January... 
Uh, the big game against Sydney FC. And uh, if victory keep on playing the way they are, mm. Sydney keep on playing the way they are, uh, you've got to have two really, really, really confident teams going into that game. They looked fit and they looked sharp and they were attacking the ball in a way that the Mariners... Uh, the Mariners weren't. I I felt I was a little bit disappointed to be quite frank with you about Galloway and um, Connor Payne. I thought they'd 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 have a bit more pluckiness to them because they were they have things to prove. Yeah, Vinny, things to prove. Yeah, Carlos. Vinny, there's a reason why they weren't getting regular games of victory. No, see, they, they weren't good enough to make that first eleven. And I know if people are saying, "Oh, these young guys have got to go off and get a game somewhere else and look at the victory." These guys would not make any difference to this victory side. So in fact, they wouldn't be in the the first 11. So good on them for going over and getting game time, senior game time in another A-League club. But uh, as far as Galloway and uh, Connor Payne were concerned tonight, uh, there was no, I don't think there's any, you know, well, buy, a, a seller's remorse, if you like, you know, from uh, Victory's uh, situation. I know, I agree with you, but I, I would have thought that th- both of those boys could have showed a little bit more. I, I think that they're better than what they... That they showed tonight. That's all I'm saying. I think they're as, as good as they showed tonight, Vinny, to tell you the truth. Fair I'll enough. tell you one thing about Melbourne Victory. They're a very settled team. I'm not sure how many games in a row they've had the same team, but I reckon it's about the best team that they could put on the park in terms of they've they've slotted Broxham in in that full-back position and the back four How about Donaghy and Ansel? Yeah. Could that, could that be yeah, improved? Yeah, but I think, I think Donaghy has taken his opportunity and, and with Barrow has really... I mean, I'm not sure how many goals they have conceded since they've played those back four. Georgeski was probably unlucky to lose his spot. I think he got injured yep. when he was he playing did. well and he, he struggled to really get back in the team. But, you know, Valeri and 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 I think the midfield, Bazaniku, question mark maybe early in the season whether he was going to be in their best team. And he was probably, look, vulnerable in that derby game. But since then, they've been able to get their team together and... The movable parts in the front part of the field. Barisha, is as good as I've seen him. And Rojas is just, he's just the cream on the top as far as what he's going to do. Because you put a lot of time into him, you're going to have Ben Kalfalar pop up like he did tonight. But Ben Kalfalar's playing his part at the moment. For Mm. a long time, he was iffy this year. Even when he did seem to play well in games, you had Kevin Musker coming out. When people were lauding him after the game, especially the Fox Sports commentary, Kevin was very restrained with uh, any um, any sort of praise he gave Ben Kalfalar. But I think what we're seeing is a product of that now, where Ben Kalfalar has got Mitch Austin breathing down his neck. And also um, and Jai Ingham. Jai, well. I mean, there's a couple of guys really knocking down the door at the moment. And um, I think it would really hurt Mitch Austin, given that he was a starter at the start of the year above Ben Kalfalar, that uh, he's come back from injury. Uh, and he's ready to play, and he wasn't even in the squad tonight. That's how strong they are right at the moment. And from what I hear, it's uh, it's all you know, all great positive competition for places, and uh, that's the way they were going to always overcome the loss of Barbarusis and the loss of Finkler. Early on, we weren't, we felt that there, I, I felt that there was some really weaknesses in that area that they haven't covered for it. But now that Troisi's back playing great football, Rojas one on one, no, there's no better in the league. Uh, in that situation. Valeri's, and, and, Valeri's and, a really big, important part. He's yeah, but Ben to Kalfalar best. tonight, uh, suddenly that would be yeah. frightening for teams coming because suddenly you can cope with Barisha or Rojas maybe if you're playing really, really well. But when there's three of them, uh, like Ben Kalfalar tonight was just outstanding. 
Carlos, apparently the heat was Tunisian-like. <laughs> FBK was home. He was home. Just where it all began for him. So he was just playing with gay abandon. And a, also, throw in, the fact, throw in the fact that there, I think there's contract negotiations there too. He did. Yeah. That, that would help. Yeah, and that's true. Yeah. He gave everything away today. The most unselfish player on the pitch today was FBK. Mm. He did say in the uh, post-match, Vinny, uh, that it's hotter in Africa. So, <laughs> you know, he, he was fine. But... Um, Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. We'd love to hear from you tonight, Victory fans. If you're on your way home in the car with the air conditioner, of course, give the Diego's a call. Tell us what you thought about tonight's game. What you think about the future with the victory so far this year? Let's go to Michael in South Morang. G'day, Michael, and welcome to the final whistle. G'day, guys. How you going? Yeah, very well. Nice to have you along, mate. Yeah, no, I just, uh, I just want to touch on Calflar as well. Uh, he's, he's, as you guys already mentioned, he's been maybe at. at Couple of games, maybe you know, even early into early into this season and towards the end of last season. But tonight, he was just—he was just—he showed none of his 35 years of age. He showed everything, all his experience, all his you know international uh, clubs that he's played for. Very unselfish, set up a lot of play, did a lot of things off the ball that people didn't realise. I just want to give him a pat on the back. Yeah, no, he deserves a lot of credit. He's a bit of an enigma to me. Body language, not always the greatest body language in the world, Ben Calfly. You sort of get a sense that he's in games and he's really in games and there's games where he drifts out and body language isn't great and he's a little bit pouty. But tonight, his ability to understand his role and to play that role in terms of the way that he shared the ball was a, was a credit to him. And, I mean, that's what you're going to get. Because he could, he can score as well as set up. So tonight he's set up, but he can score. I, I, fa- I think he has accepted his role now, but he's been dragged there kicking and screaming by Musket. Uh, and Musket was playing Austin before him, and he's been talking up Ingham for the last couple of weeks. And that's a message through the media to Ben Kalfalar. You want to stay in this side, you need to be at your best. Throw in the fact you're negotiating a contract with me for next year anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's already, Ben Calfalar's come out and said, I love Melbourne. My kids are in school. I want to stay. So he's playing for his career right now. And the way he played tonight, I don't think I've ever seen him more willing to assist in the build-up and pass things off in a game than, I, than he did tonight. Usually, he has his moments of selfishness in that he front He could have scored once tonight when he passed it off to Rojas. Yeah, more than once. Yeah. More than once um, tonight. Even though the own goal, he could have had it cracked himself. Yeah. So I think he's. Um, I think what we're seeing is the version that Musket wants to see. And it may not be natural for him, Warren, <laughs> but he's been dragged there yeah, well, kicking his screen. There's a lot of synergy between Ben Calflar and myself in terms of understanding. <laughs> and, be, and, and, reluctant, and reluctant to follow <laughs> team rules. <laughs> yeah. Being dragged kicking yeah. and screaming. And body language. Yeah, body, mm. yeah, I've got poor body language at all. Well, Kevin Musk had certainly Except got that. hand in that conversation mm. at the moment. Thanks for your call, Michael. Really appreciate you opening the batting tonight. Let's go to Andy in Killer Downs. G'day, Andy, and welcome to the final whistle. G'day. Um, yeah, I think they did uh, quite well. Um, during the game? They absolutely did. Can you maybe just turn your radio down, mate? Yeah, sure. Good on you. Um, so what, who was your best player tonight? Um, definitely Tim Cahill. Definitely Tim Cahill. Oh, okay. that was last night. Good on yeah, you, Andy. Yeah, Thanks for calling. That, that, that was genuinely funny. I it, thought actually, Tim Cahill did well Andy last stayed night. on the phone for 15 minutes for that. That's right. That's you know, he's listen, <laughs> listening to himself in the background. It wasn't the radio. It was the, you know, the 24-hour delay. <laughs> You know, because in, in radio we have a 24-hour yeah, yeah. delay. Let's see, yeah, quality that's, of city supporters mm. that ring in. 
<laughs> so he was a city supporter. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's calling, Actually, calling Roger, this is a good time talking about 24 hours. One of the last calls we got last night was um, concerned about my health in oh. terms of my hemorrhoids. <laughs> and, uh, and, that's, and that's appreciative. I'm appreciative. And he recommended a cream. Carlos did yep. apply it. Yep. And I'm ba- basically been able to get into the studio this evening in comfort. So that's a really positive thing. I th- don't think it was them concerned about your health. They were actually calling you one. Oh. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh. so did I need to apply the cream? Because I've been doing it religiously over the last 24 hours. Well, it's not working because you haven't disappeared yet. So I think that was his point. Oh. But anyway. I was taking it in a positive way. Yeah, no, oh, okay. it wasn't, no? uh, Warren. But I'm glad that you didn't. Sorry to you know squash all of those um, Okay. Benevolent no thoughts. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you, and even your text messages, of course, on zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Let's go to Bob in Ballin. G'day, Bob, and welcome to the final whistle again. Gents, good evening, Bon Natale. Hey, same to you. <laughs> uh, just got home from the game. Magnificent night down there. It was like going to the beach today. <laughs> <laughs> Did you take a towel? Uh, no, 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 no towel. No need for a towel. Bob, Bob, were you there for the girls' game? Oh, sorry, women's, women's game. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, uh, Ben from Bentley. I apologise. Women's game. Were you there for the women's before? Uh, uh, look, uh, let's, not, um, let's not get political here. I'm only there for one game. That's the men. Thank you. It was actually uh, a really good game, Bob. Sorry, that's just an aside, but it was a really good game. I thought the girls ran their heart out today. It was good. Or the women, sorry. We'll just confirm the date. Sunday 7th of May is the grand final, isn't it? That's, a, that's grand final day for us. The what, sorry? The grand final day, Sunday 7th of May. Is that the grand final day for us? Yeah. I, I think it is. I'm not, I don't have it in front of me, but well, it sounds well, right. Will it be played at the MCG when City and Victory <laughs> play in the grand final? I wonder. So you're, you're, you're declaring now that Victory is in the grand final? Bob? We'll be there, Bob. Uh, who are they playing? Oh, I'd love to say West Sydney versus... Okay, who's going to win it? Well, Victory, of course. Uh, oh, Scoreline? 3-0. Okay, and uh, <laughs> who's the scorers? Who are the scorers? <laughs> Berisha at the last minute. Okay. Ah, very good. Yeah, cool. And is there some sort of unheralded player who will get on the scoreboard too? Nobody, just Berisha. Okay. <laughs> so it. it's a hat-trick for Berisha on Grand Final. We've got that tape, Bob, and uh, we just make sure the show after the Grand Final, you, you ring in and you just claim your prize. <laughs> we don't know what that is yeah, yet. Yeah, but we don't uh, know what that is, but anyway. So but, what else did you think about tonight's game, Bob? He's gone. Oh, Bob's gone. Okay. He's, probably, He's yeah. confident, and look, That's, on tonight's performance, you would be confident. Yeah. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you, John in East Malvern. Let's go to John. G'day, John, and welcome to the final whistle. Yeah, good evening, boys. Uh, great performance by the victory tonight, considering in playing in that heat and in trying conditions. Mm. Um, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Look, we only beat Central Coast, um, struggling near the bottom of the ladder. Having said that, I thought the boys put in a clinical display. Uh, ben Kefala. What a display, mate. Underrated player, but I thought his second and third efforts tonight were just magnificent. Yeah. And he was, he was well supported in the midfield by, uh, Bozanich. Uh, I thought Barisha tried hard. Troisi obviously supported that group of players. Um, look, we're heading in the right direction as long as we, we remain injury free. Um, you know, top two's beckoning considering we've got a game in hand. Uh, but look, we have got a tough run home. So look, let's, look, let's not get ahead of ourselves, but I thought tonight's display was, was solid. Um, considering we played, you know, a team that's the struggling near the bottom of the ladder. And John, you, you obviously got a good insight into how the team is going right now. Did you have any doubts earlier on the season? And if you did, how has Kevin Musket dealt with those or, or, you know, found a solution to those doubts? Oh, look, he's just made a few, a few changes that, 
needed to be made. Um, obviously, players were out injured as well. We lost Travis earlier, um, which affected which affected our structure up forward. Um, you know, Rollis has improved. Obviously, Barisha was sort of up and down there at one stage, and um, he was in a bit of a form slump. So he's obviously put in a, a consistent month. Um, and I think down back we've been solid with, uh, uh, you know, Barrow, Mickey, and um, Burrow and uh, a few of the other boys back there. Um, you know, it, it's just been a, a great all-round performance from down back through to the midfield and up forward. So it's going to be hard fighting for, for spots in the team. Uh, the boys that came on tonight really got to perform a bit better um, for them to, you know, cement a spot. And, um so it's going to be interesting to see who, who stays there. One quick one before we let you go there, John. Um, Donicky or Ansel? Donicky. Okay. And look, he's earned that spot right now. I really like the way he's going about it. He's got that little bit of mongrel in him that he probably didn't have in Brisbane. And early on in the season where he actually, I think it was one of the first, I think he got the first crack at it, but then he got dropped. And I think he realised pretty quickly you have to be pretty ruthless in that team if you want to keep uh, keep playing in defence uh, in the Kevin Musket team. It's that killer tash that he's sporting, uh, Carlos, it as is. well. That really uh, <laughs> Absolutely. gets people shivering. Yeah. Thanks for your call there, John. It's uh, 28 minutes past 10. Now give me a beat. Vinny's best on ground. With thanks to Best on Plumbing, Victoria's trusted plumbing and drainage experts for over 26 years. Check them out. Go to beston.net.au or call 1300-BEST-ON. They'll look after you if you've got any plumbing requirements. They are the men and women in Victoria that will look after you. Do they, do Not they the boys a, and girls? Men and women. <laughs> do, they, do, they, do they do the emergency stuff, you know, when... Oh, they're drainage experts. Yeah, stuck. Oh. Yeah. stuck. They've got cameras that will go down... Yeah. Uh, pipes, all of that okay. sort of stuff. They'll yep. renew. Mm. Out of hours stuff? Oh, I'm sure they do. Yeah. Special deals yep. for radio hosts? Well, let's uh, talk about it after. But Vinny, who was best on? Look, it's a no-brainer, Rodrigo. It's uh, all the way with FBK mm. playing like he was at home in the Tunisian heat, like I said to you before. <laughs> and and he put a ball today. Earlier in the... He gave Rojas a fantastic ball yeah. that just curved... Waited wonderfully. He was doing that all night, all the time. And he, his generosity of spirit was mm. just matched by his generosity of yeah. of distribution. And Vinny, you know the difference tonight with uh, Ben Kalfala? He was deli- he was actually uh, passing the ball, a lot of early balls into the mm. box or yep. across the diagonal balls. are all early. He didn't yep. dwell on the ball yep. and frustrate his teammates. He gave it when they were available. And, of course, when you do that, you're always going to have players available for it because they know you're going to dish it off. So I, I thought it was as good as, as as good a game I've seen from him in over 12 months. Yep, right? I agree. Not overplaying your hand, Rodrigo. That's what he did. There you go. Thank you very much there, Vinny, with the uh, best on ground there. And um, just before we go to the break, the PFA yesterday launched mm. a kick-out skin cancer campaign in partnership with Mole Map Australia. Now, it's about uh, providing players with a platform to encourage Aussies to take a proactive approach to protecting themselves, getting uh, their, their moles checked, of course, but also looking after their past and present players at the moment who obviously play in this heat and, and um, you know don't necessarily look after themselves. Um, excuse me, the... The ambassador for this is David Savinsky, who sadly has been diagnosed with stage four melanoma. Um, and the football community is getting right behind him. And he's actually blown away by it, reduced to tears, actually, as you would. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. He's got a, uh, the, well, there's a GoFundMe uh, campaign going, and he's just amazed at how much people are putting into this uh, for him. But he's a selfless guy. Um, an NSL great, of course. Um, the website to go to is gofundme.com uh, slash David 
Savinsky soccer player. Um, and if you want to donate to that, please do. It goes to a fantastic cause. If you get a chance to just Google David Savinsky documentary, uh, it has it all in there. The PFA are right behind this, and they did a wonderful job putting the documentary together. Uh, it's a Facebook campaign, online campaign, and David Savinsky makes it really clear that he doesn't want any money. No, he was, he, he was embarrassed he, by he's it. embarrassed by this whole thing, but the PFA are right behind uh, the funding of it, and uh, he's battling fourth state, uh, fourth stage, uh, yeah, stage four, stage four, uh, you know, uh, cancer at the moment. So it's a big, big battle for him. But he was a tough, uh, unre- uh, you know, resilient uh, footballer in his day for Melbourne Knights, part of the great Melbourne Knights teams of the nineties, and uh, and uh, you know, I back him all the way to, to get through this. But uh, everyone's support would be welcome. Yeah, and I, look on a personal note. I mean, I just don't think that you can. You can play around with this. I go and get a, a check of my skin every 12 months. I've had seven or eight skin cancers cut out. Some were questionable as to whether they were serious or not. And you just don't you, – you accept that a lot of the stuff around sun has happened when you were a younger person. For our generation, we didn't slip, slop, slap and that sort of stuff. But if you can do one thing, and that is go and get your skin checked every 12 months by your doctor – it's along with everything else, but it's just so important. And it it is just what it is. And it's not a pleasant thing when you go through that process of having things identified and having it cut out and not knowing. So just go and get your health, skin checked. Thanks very much for that, Warren. And, and thanks to the PFA, of course, uh, mm-hmm. for, for this wonderful campaign, the Kick Out uh, Skin Cancer Campaign. And uh, you'll see it with Mole Map Australia over the next... Uh, Long time, hopefully, they, they keep running this. Let's take a break now and come back with more of the Four Diego's final whistle on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Thanks for your company on this Wednesday night. Uh, it is the final whistle, of course. Melbourne Victory defeated Central Coast Mariners 4-1. It was a procession uh, for the victory. It was no goal to start with. We all thought Barisha had uh, beaten Archie Thompson. Uh, then Donachie <laughs> and Rojas uh, scored a double and uh, Bahaja scored a consolation goal for Central Coast Mariners. 20,000. 491 tonight. Was it a procession? Oh, it was. No, in, in the second no, half, it was. The game in the second half, margin, it looked like a procession. On margin, 2 0 up. Yeah. Look, Central Coast could have scored. And, yeah. you know, you know, and this is a secret to a team's success. Lawrence Thomas, not called upon to do a lot, made some really important saves. There was a couple, Connor Payne, there were some others that at that 2 0, dominant, yeah. controlling, whatever. But. What, what, what we've got to start learning here as a sport. Sorry, is that, uh, learning from you about no, learning from watching a lot of football over a long, long tactics. time, right? Uh, Paul Ocon came out at the end of the game, clearly, you know, accepting the fact that they weren't good enough tonight. But he said that the four-one score line was not an indication of what the game was like. Now, just because you're competitive for, you know, pockets of the game, doesn't mean that the score line was flattering. Uh, for me, we've got to start in this country accepting, and West Coast, uh, sorry, um, West Sydney Wanderers do this every time. They draw a game or they lose a game, and Popovich comes out and says how well they played. Well, they haven't won a game for a long time, you know. When True. I, yeah, and that's, that, and you can, it's only, ultimately, you've got to accept the fact that you're not good enough. And a 4 1 is not a it. true indication. You don't say it in, on the media. You don't say that. You're not going to say that, well, Carlos. Well, I, I think you're, you're treating, You might accept uh, it. No, I, I think you're, con- you're treating your fans with contempt. By saying you're not good enough. By, by not telling the truth of, okay. of how things are going. The players, if, if you don't want to be able to say... Of course, the home truths are happening in the change room to the players. You'd hope so. But 
also the pressure from messages in the media, I think that helps too. You could be respectful but still talk about – I mean, Kevin Muscat at different times in the media this year – yeah, he was. He, his messages were not to the fans, not to the commentators, but to his players that they need to get better. And this is the result we're seeing right now. I don't think this victory team, man for man or player for player, is as good as past victory teams. But I tell you what, this team can maybe achieve things if they keep on playing the way they are. They're definitely playing well at the moment. So it was an emphatic win tonight. Is that better? Emphatic. Emphatic. Yeah. Uh, and can I say, Lawrence Tom Thomas. Still had saves to make, which he did. Was four which contributed. one? Was four one an indication, a true indication of the game tonight? No, it probably could have been six one. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I rest my case. So the procession just stopped short. <laughs> well, what is the? Yeah. Well, oh, we not, didn't miss two penalties. Nine four two. <laughs> no, let's not go there, Vinny. Hey, sorry. Hey, you know, sorry. But, I'm professional. But in saying that, but Vinny, as much as you jest at my expense. <laughs> That's about taking chances, isn't it? Because yeah, well, last right. night's score could have been 6-3, and it wasn't. I mean, Or 6-all. Or Do you know what I like about the victory team at the moment? I reckon, and look, this is me maybe because I, I look at the world through victory-coloured glasses. But I just think they play together really, really well. And tonight they were looking for Barisha because they, they, they seem to want to to get him across the line as well. But, but they don't just need Barisha to score. And so... I think they're very cohesive. Mm. I, I tend to agree with you, they, Carlos. They're probably not pound for pound no. the best squad, but they, they play like a squad. They look good. And you'd have to say that at the moment, they're winning the games that they should win to put themselves in a position to be really competitive against the teams that are going to be better. I will say, and I'm looking through Melbourne City eyes, they were dominant against Melbourne City last week, but only just got through 2-1. And they did concede the first goal, so they were good, but not... Exception. I think there is. I think there is a tissue paper indifference ah. between. Don't the, say it. The top Don't three teams oh, okay. when they're playing at right. their best. Good. Oh, yeah. I nearly. Said, my my uh, yeah, question. Victory are, in the city. I thought tissue paper. Are you kidding me right now? Uh, my my question was no, going to be. I, no, I, I apologise for thinking that in advance because that's the sort of stupid comment you'd normally at make. At their best. <laughs> at 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 best. There's very little between the oh, three teams. All right, we've got some yeah, calls queuing okay, up okay, on nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Let's go to Scott in Craigieburn. G'day, Scott, and welcome to the final whistle. Evening, amigos. How are we? Yeah, very well, Scott. Welcome. Yeah, I wish we could talk under better circumstances, Warren, with a victory loss, but you didn't get the wish. <laughs> <laughs> he was uh, hoping, wasn't did he? Scott call last night. I think he yes, did. he did. <laughs> he did. Very good. Thanks, Scotty. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> look, I'm not. I'm magnanimous enough to to accept that. Victory a little bit better than City at the moment. We'll see what it's like at the end of the season. Uh-huh. Scott, over to you. Um, yeah, what I'm going to talk about. I thought Jason Guerrier was back to his best tonight. He was marauding down the left mm. all night. He was. He, I thought he had a brilliant game, and we, he can. It was probably his fault we conceded that last goal, but I think he was just flat out on his feet. He was. He was absolutely knackered by that stage, and I thought he had a ripper of a game. Yeah, Scott, you know the other thing too that Muskie said before the game, they, they questioned whether in the heat he was going to play the high-pressing, you know, intense game that Victory are known for, especially the, the, the way they played against City the week before. For, for 90 minutes, they, they delivered that type of football. And he was asked the question by, I think, Zappers about whether they're going to adapt that 
type of play, style of play tonight. And he said, yep, we make no apologies. We're going to press high. We're going to work hard. And the boys were out on their feet mm. because they had to play that way of football. And at times, you know, Warren sort of intimated that Central Coast, you know, were in the game at different times. I think that was more the, the guys getting a bit of a bit of, you know, just getting their breath back for a while. And then they go again. So uh, the uncompromising expectation of Musket on this team, I think, has got them to where they are right now and the way they're playing, Scott. Yeah, I just thought Gary was absolutely brilliant tonight. I, was, I felt a bit sorry for him when we conceded that. Like, it was a really well-taken goal, but, uh, yeah, you could just tell Gary had made that many runs in the previous 10 minutes. He couldn't move. He was just caught flat-footed and that. Yeah, it was good to, um, it's good to see a good team performance. And The thing I liked about it as well is Rojas, to me, is the best player in the competition. I had a man crash on him when he was first <laughs> And now he's back again, and my wife just thinks it's nearly time to move out of the house. Um, <laughs> he's older too. You might have a chance. He, he, can, he can be quiet for half an hour, 40 minutes, and if you don't man-mark him, you're in trouble. Oh, yeah, definitely. Thanks, Scotty, for your call. And look, Jason Guerrero is probably a product of the, you know, the pressure that Kevin Musk puts on in front of camera and behind camera because, let's face it, he had his absolute pants pulled down respectfully, in the early games, particularly by that Derby, ga- Derby game by Brandan. And yet, mm. you know, the way they've gone since that has been divergent. In yeah, terms this, of- is, this is a skill of a, a bloke who's going somewhere in, in coaching and management in that with Ben Kalfalar, the minute he doesn't deliver, he gets dropped or they'll put someone in before him. Garrier was never dropped this year and I was waiting for him to be dropped because – he was even admitting himself early on this season that he wasn't playing well, he wasn't in form, but Muskie kept playing him. So obviously he picks his targets, who he drops, who he doesn't drop, who needs encouragement. I mean, do you flog the willing? That, that, I beg your pardon? No, well, do you flog the willing? I mean, the, the guys who are really, really trying You do really that to me hard, every Wednesday night, you know, I mean, Carlos. The guys who really... Rodrigo likes that one. But, uh, <laughs> but the idea that you there's guys who, who need encouragement to get form back and not be dropped, and maybe that could have been... If Muskie's understanding the temperament of, of young Jason, it might be uh, that if you do drop him when he's not playing well, he may not recover all that well. So uh, it's interesting the way he kept playing Geria, uh, but he dropped Ben Kalfalar and others who weren't delivering at different times. As George W. Bush said, Kevin Musket is <laughs> developing a coalition of the willing. You know, willing players. Yeah. You have to be willing and you have to be on the same page. Otherwise... You're struggling. Let's go to Michael in Hyatt on nine four two nine eleven sixteen. G'day, Michael. Welcome to the final whistle. Hi guys, how are you going? Yeah, very well. How are you tonight? Yeah, I'm a very uh, happy victory fan. Driving back with my son, we've had a very enjoyable night at Amy tonight. And, and uh, Michael, four one, a true indication of the uh, of the game. Yeah, I think it was a fair result. Disappointed, obviously, to concede so late in the game, especially with Thomas playing so well. But uh, yeah, certainly a fair indication. The main reason I call tonight is just to say and I agree with the previous caller that Victory's players individually have all improved throughout the season so far. Uh, starting from the back with Thomas and Jason Guerrero, as the um, previous caller said, the centre-half pairing of uh, Barrow and Donachie are looking very good now. We're looking much more assured in midfield. And Vieri makes a huge difference there. And uh, the first front three are very good indeed. Um, obviously, Cowfly showed a bit of... Uh, defensive-mindedness that he usually doesn't show tonight in addition to his uh, impressive array of attacking talent. So he was very good. So, Michael, would you go with... Uh, I think Ansel's ready to play. 
Would you go with an Ansel or a Donicky at the moment? I, I think Donicky's earned his place at the mm, moment. Yeah. I, I think I think he he learned he's one of those guys who was dropped early, and I think he's learnt that he needs to be a lot more resilient and tougher. And I still remember a couple of weeks ago when he was brought on against Matt Simon for Sydney, and it was literally a wrestle between those two. And you just saw Donicky was not was not going to get bullied once mm. he got on that field because he he had to earn his spot back on that bench, get on the field, and he wasn't going to get bullied by Matty Simon. And I thought that was a coming of age for James Donicky, even though he'd played some good football for Brisbane. I think he was still sort of in his own mind, thinking that he's a young footballer with a lot to learn. Muskie doesn't give you that time. You have to deliver if you're going to play in these sides. And it was great to see him score the goal tonight. I thought he played really well last week against Fauna Riley at different times. So I think he's one of those uh, young centre-halves that are growing in stature. Michael, the other one who I reckon uh, is just keeps growing into this team is James Troisi. I'm just waiting for him to score. When do you think he's going to score, mate? Anytime soon. He had another good shot tonight, which uh, just went by the uh, left upright. Uh, last week, I thought he was excellent. He was the best player on mm, the park. Yep. And tonight, again, another very good game from him. It's just a matter of time. We know from his time with the Socceroos as well, he's got a good shot and he will score. He's one guy too, Michael and, and guys, that uh, he was one guy that I was worried about coming back. He, he's, he'd been in the wilderness for a couple of years in the Middle East and also then in China, getting good money for not playing. And you don't know what you're getting back. So Victor, I think, took a bit of a risk getting him back. But geez, his attitude's been spot on. Better than the last time around where I think he had a couple of run-ins with Muskie uh, on his first stint at Victory. Uh, been away, you don't worry. You sort of get worried about what you're going to get. And he came, he's come back, uh, and even after injury, he's just such a great attitude. And the nimbleness uh, and the speed of his feet is mm. uh, more of your, your running type number 10. But, geez, he just probes and runs and just absolutely petrifies defenders when he runs at them. So I think that's a real plus for victory at the moment. Thanks for your call there, Michael. It's uh, 13 minutes to 11. Come on. Warren's Football Tax Audit. With thanks to Tax Talk, we love to talk tax, uh, especially around... Uh, you know, July to September, October time, doing many, many tax And the people who returns. get their returns in late in December. <laughs> oh, well, that's true, of course. I'm Do you think it's a bit late? But they'll still take your call. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're, they're, they're all, all year. Right. Yeah. No, no Christmas or New Year for tax talk, that's well, for sure. Well, if you've got BAS returns, of course, absolutely. you do those quarterly. Um, Dom and the team there will look after you on 1300 366 639. Warren, give us your audit. I'm going to audit the crowd tonight. Oh. A couple of things. First of all, all of them. Melbourne Victory. All of them. Melbourne Victory crowd. Great crowd. Well supported. Best venue for Melbourne Victory is Amy mm, Park, I true, reckon, yeah, for, in terms of watching. Going to audit the crowd, though. You had two castaways, Galloway and Payne. Mm. Weren't getting the game. We're on the periphery. Working hard. Shown the door. Shown the door. Shown the door politely. Yep, yep. Pack, given the brown paper box. <laughs> pack up your locker. Yep. Off you go. Yep. They had to give yep. their tops back. Yeah, yeah. you got to give your pass back. Yep. Do everything. Yep. You know, the yep. cafe vouchers, everything. Everything <laughs> had to go back. And yet. Not their fault. They, they, their agent finds them another place to play. It's not. In fact, they didn't have an agent. No, well, they, they didn't have an agent. They had to drive up to and, Central and Coast let's themselves. Let's face it. Let's face what it. What happened? Central Coast manager Mariners isn't Broadway. So they've gone <laughs> off Broadway, the boys. They, they saw that. It was on a cafe. You know, need players. Come oh, up. they're off Broadway. Yep. And yet they come back. Yep. They want to be welcomed back into the bosom. They want to be loved. 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 Uh, hugged. <laughs> hugged. What happened? Supported. They got booed. Oh. 
<laughs> well, and not well, once. Connor Payne got booed. Not the boo. The boo on the way through. You know, you touch it the first time, you probably accept it. That's but just it was, a bit of fun. No, no. <laughs> once is fun. But perpetual booing. I mean, I feel it on this show. Me, yep. the abuse I cop, even though I'm not on social media. Apparently, I'm copying it. You yep. just want it every so often to be welcomed back into the bosom yep. of your old club. You know, you've got fond memories. And I know... If I was Connor Payne and Scotty Galloway, I was in the tunnel and I'm walking out and I'm going, gee, I hope they sort of half like me. So Melbourne Victory, auditing the crowd for booing, disgraceful, get off, stop it. That's my audit. Excellent audit with thanks to Tax Talk. Let's take a break and come back with more of the final whistle on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. It is the final whistle on a night where Melbourne Victory defeated Central Coast Mariners 4-1 in front of a crowd of 20,491 people at Amy Park. And in the W League, Canberra defeated Melbourne Victory 2-1. The Melbourne Victory women can't take a trick tonight. But Heartbreaking for the women. Yeah, at the moment. They're trying hard, the Melbourne Victory women. They're really trying hard. Yeah, as they, as they should. They're professional footballers. Uh, 9429-11-16. Let's go to John in Mooney Ponds, and thanks for calling the final whistle. Good day, John. Yeah, hi, guys. Yeah, well, hey, John. What are your thoughts on tonight? Um, I agree uh, with the caller, I think, a few, a few callers early. John from uh, Malvern Earth. Let's, yeah, not get carried away. It's, it's only... Oh, the not get carried away yeah. caller. <laughs> yeah, look, as... Four, four, one, yeah, probably a fair result. But I um, mean, Paul Oakham, I guess you know he has to say what he has to say in the in the press conference. But um, I agree with Carlos regards you know coaches being a bit more honest and instead of just saying what they kind of I guess have to say. But look, um, yeah, as a as a former as a past defender, that goal would annoy me, and that would definitely annoy Muskie. And um, just took the piss in the last probably 20 minutes, which kind of annoyed me as a, as a as a fan. So I'm a bit yeah I'm a bit annoyed with copying that goal. But overall, I think yeah it was a decent performance. Um, and look, I stood at the south end or toward, near the south end there, and we all, we clapped off uh, Connor Payne as he came off. He actually clapped back to us. So I think it was more taking a piss with, with yeah. the boost to yeah. to um, Connor Payne especially um, and to Galloway. So, um, yeah, look, good performance. Um, good to see Ben Couple. I think he's back to his best. I think Western Sydney Wanderers was a uh, good start for him. Uh, I think that was his first game where he performed. Um, it's back to the first year of Melbourne victory, I think. So, hmm. you know, overall, uh, yeah, good. But, yeah, just annoyed at the goal. Yeah. Don't worry about keeping a lid on it there. I mean, you know, I don't think... What we think, what we say, or what the fans think or say, whether they're bragging or whatever, is going to influence the players at all. I think Aren't uh, they listening? there's external listening? noise and internal noise inside the four walls and outside the oh, four walls. Oh, yeah, the four walls. And I think Kevin Muscat's got well in control of inside those four walls. Doesn't matter what we say. We can just go on and talk about So they're about not listening to us. But, um, yeah, we F- don't need to keep a lid on FBK, it. like, as you were saying, the pressure on FBK to, to lift now is uh, matched by the the pressure on him to just maintain because he's, he's now returned to something of what he was like when we first met him, but now he's just got to back it up because his first season for victory was, was insanely good. And Mitch Austin will heal up the ante now, and Ingham is just... I'm, I'm, I reckon Kevin Muscat's dying to play Ingham. 
He's just dying to play him because he wants to reward someone who makes the impact every every time he comes on. So if you're knocking down the door, so Ben Kalfala, you know, we're all sweating in here, but he'd be sweating profusely. Uh, not only because of the weather, but because of the pressure that's on him. And also, like I think, uh, like we said, the contract negotiations are about going on. So uh, you want to be able to stay in Melbourne and, and settle your family in for another couple of years, if you, or maybe at least one year anyway. Do they need to get a replacement for Barisha just to put a bit more pressure they, on Best? They definitely need some other person uh, to rotate in there or have as a backup. Uh, but... Yeah, how can you replace a Barisha? You need a young gun who can come on and get you a goal if he's not playing. I don't know where you're going to find a player like that, to tell you the truth. Just quickly off the text message, Em in Doncaster's back. Warren is correct. There is nothing between the top three teams. So as City sit fourth, <laughs> how far behind are they? There's uh, M uh, Warren just taking you up yep. on what you said. Hey, um, to the callers just ho- holding on, we have to go to a break and then the news, but uh, thanks for your patience. Uh, tonight it was uh, Melbourne victory Four Central Coast Mariners won. Um, McGing scored an own goal first, and then Donachey and Rojas scored the rest for victory. Bahaja for the Central Coast Mariners. Let's take a break and come back with another hour of the final whistle on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. There you go. Welcome to the final whistle with the Four Diegos on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Melbourne victory defeated Central Coast Mariners 4-1. There were the goals with the SEN call team of Ed Wyatt, uh, Clint Bolton, and Jonathan Howcroft. As I said earlier, McGing scored an own goal in the 28th minute. Donachey. Uh, in the 51st, and then Rojas scored two in a minute, 58th and 59th. Bahaja, in the 89th minute, uh, scored a consolation goal for the Central Coast Mariners at Amy Park tonight in front of a decent crowd of 20,491. In the W League, Canberra defeated uh, Melbourne victory 2-1. Dowie scored for Melbourne victory, and then Flannery scored, and Sykes scored right at the death for Canberra United. Can Barisha take that goal to the uh, mystery disputed goals panel just to see if he can break the record? You mean a dubious goal panel? Was it called dubious? I thought it was mystery. In fact, he was lucky it was a known goal because it was missing missing by about 10 metres. He's he claimed, a he tried to claim it, though. He was claiming it. No, he wasn't. He, he wasn't. Just, he ran straight to Fade Ben Kalfala <laughs> and thanked him for the cross that led to the own goal. He wasn't claiming anything. <laughs> I reckon you should take it to the dubious goals panel. Why? It was an own goal, clearly. <laughs> oh, I don't know, just because he wants to break the record. Anyway, uh, we've been on for an hour already. Um, thanks for your calls and your text messages. We'll get into some of those text messages too uh, very, very shortly. 94291116. Give us a call tonight, 94291116. What did you think about the game tonight? Uh, it was really hot. Uh, mm. <laughs> so give us a call, 94291116. Tonight's show is uh, brought to you by Tax Talk, Best on Plumbing, and, and the Northern Football Academy at St. Monica's and, in Epping. And it is the Victory on the March hotline, Rodrigo. Thank victory you very on much. on the March coming to, to get where? Sydney. To where? Yeah. Coming to get Sydney to just take them down. They're They've got not a game marching. in hand too. 9 Not marching. They're accumulating. <laughs> Who's the better team at the moment in Melbourne, Warren? Oh, there's no doubt Melbourne Victory are the better team. And I mean, I, I could try to come up with some flimsy means of justifying that my team is still the best team. Well, the only trophy that's been won has been Melbourne Cities, and the derbies are one-one. So there's a wa- paper wafer thin, <laughs> wafer it's wafer thin, you know, difference between the two teams at their best. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Please give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Setimo has been very very patient from Werribee, and he has called us uh, and wants to have a chat to Warren. G'day, Setimo. Hello, Diego's. Hey. Hey to you. Uh, Welcome. Uh, yeah, I've got a bit of a bone to pick to Warren because I think he's been doing too many uh, tax talk audits uh, <laughs> on the Melbourne City crowds, which is pretty easy to do when only two bikes and a dog turn up. Oh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. 
I didn't hear any booze tonight. Oh. <laughs> yes, yes, there were a few bonks cheers when they uh, inevitably uh, stuffed up. There was one incident uh, with uh, uh, Payne just on the wing, just losing possession and the ball went uh, out of bounds. But, uh, yeah, as the caller said before the break, uh, the applause for, for Connor Payne when he, when, he was subs- when he was subbed off was as equally as good as any of those for the, uh, the victory players that came off. So, uh-huh. you know, we've still got the respect there. Yes, we're going to have a go at ex-victory players because they've got a habit of scoring against us every time. So <laughs> that, didn't, that didn't happen tonight. But Sedimo, in principle, are you pro the boo or anti the boo? Because I'm I'm a victory person as well, and, and I'm anti the boo. Depends on the player. Um, <laughs> like Payne, yeah. Look, yeah. Oh, look, I would have booed the crap out of him if, if he if he did score because he he hardly did for us. Um, no, I was a bit, a bit unluckier. Um, I thought he was, he was okay for us. Um, but, it's, you know, horses for courses. See, Connor Payne, I still remember the run in, in, the, in the derby, the Melbourne derby against City when he came on, and I think he, it was his run that set up the goal that put us back in front. Vinny, you're so, you're, you are half glass full all the time, and I love you for it, mate. I love you. But, Connor Payne was not good enough at victory. He had many, many opportunities, that's, that's and he didn't point. take them. But he just didn't take them, mate. So you could you could talk about the odd run here and there, but really... The game against Liverpool. I'm just saying you don't boo yeah. a guy who's sometimes delivered for you. Sedemo, uh, thanks for the call, and thanks for your, <laughs> your ongoing and honest feedback. It is much appreciated. But what I will say, my dislike for victory is well known, and I don't... I take the audits extremely seriously. In fact, I go away from these and audit the audits, <laughs> can I say, and... <laughs> I would say to you that I wouldn't have said anything except where I was watching. Every time those boys went near the ball, there was booing. Now, good-natured booing, I I take booing in a good-natured way, but eventually it gets to me a little bit. And I would say that both the boys would be sitting in their hotel rooms now, actually probably having a bit of a – they'd be tearing up. Now, I need to ask you a question, (laughs) Sedamo. North Terrace Issues – What's is it all happy families? Have we moved on, or are there still issues in terms of you know North Terrace guys? Are we all happy families up that end for victory? Oh look, uh, look! I stepped away from the terrace about six years ago because um, I kind of grew up. But uh, yeah, oh, it, it's terrible, isn't it? It's um, you know, look, I, I see where they're coming from, but now it's starting to get to the point. You guys. Stepped away from the terrace. So, what are you doing there, Bill? Oh, look. So, are elements of the crowd booing each other at the moment? Because we've actually got an SMS uh, basically asking the question why is there so, so much constant booing at Melbourne Victory Games or, or tonight? And uh, I didn't hear the constant booing. So, maybe someone who was in the, the ground may be able to enlighten us on this. Uh, but I'm just wondering. You know, because I, I heard singing and chanting tonight. I didn't. It was it seemed to be no different from when the North Terrace was there. So I'm just wondering whether everything's sort of calmed down a bit, and everyone's uh, sort of now focusing on the team and and how well they're going rather than their own issues. I think they they take us. They they seem to like the guys who left the the North Terrace. Um, there's a perception, or I, the way I see it is. They, it, it, it's as if they own the word North Terrace. They hate chance with the word North Terrace. And it's like, well, well what do you want to call them? 
Uh, it's, it, it, it's, it's a physical location. It's not a group of people. Um, you know, they can take it however they like, but, uh, I, I, you know, uh, fair play to the guys who, who, who stick it out, who, uh, who, who go there and sing their, their, their lungs out week in, week out. Um, and if they, I mean, if they keep going, those guys who, who, who keep doing them, they're going to lose their, their power because, you know, it's only like two or three rows right up the very back. And, you know, still like them. And look, just before I go, guys, uh, I've been, uh, I'm a subscriber to your podcast. Really loving some of the, uh, the flashback interviews. I absolutely pissed myself laughing with the Frankie Farina interview. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the one again, uh, the one with, uh, Oscar Farina is fantastic as well. So. Yeah, thanks, mate. Well, yeah, we, we sort of got a, a lot of tapes from all those years and we thought, well, let's do something with them. But the Frank Farina one, that was 1996. And uh, when I listened to it again, uh, when we pulled it out of the, uh, you know, and blew all the dust off it, um, it was a days of. It was quite clear if you listen to that interview that there was no media training <laughs> uh, given to these guys, and uh, and Frankie was just literally talking to us like he was a, a mate down at the pub, and uh, and some of the stuff he said it was uh, it was right on the edge the whole time. We didn't know what he was going to come up with. And uh, but it was just, yeah we're having great fun and we're not sure you know of course we're putting it out there for people to listen but we're actually pulling out so we can have a listen to them ourselves because uh, it just sort of brings back a lot of memories and I've been listening to all the issues of the time too is very interesting too but thanks for the feedback there Cinema good on you Cinema I really appreciate that Carlos how can our listeners check out those yeah you like, yeah we got uh, generally a flashback every week and we've had some really interesting ones but if you go to soundcloud.com and just type in 40 Diego's and you'll be able to subscribe to our uh, podcast uh, nearly almost daily now with flashbacks and uh, our shows and, and all that sort of stuff. So if you want your fill of Diego's daily, and we're getting you know a couple of thousand listens a week, which is really good. Um, and we just we just sort of throw them out there if people are interested over this break to have a listen to some uh, football every day. Just uh, just subscribe to our podcast, or just go onto SoundCloud and type for Diego's in, you'll be able to find it. Yeah, I remember the Frank Farina one vividly. <laughs> Actually, when it's mentioned, you you remember back and uh... now we had good times, Carlos, back then. <laughs> Hey, let's go to Mark on the road, who's been waiting patiently as well. G'day, Mark, and welcome to the final whistle. How are you, gents? Yeah, very well. What do you think of tonight? Uh, very good. Um, I'm still half an hour away from home, so I enjoy your show. Oh, good to hear. Um, where, do you, where do you live, Sydney? <laughs> uh, no, I live in Inverloch. Okay, oh, gee, I, that's a long way to come. I, it's I, a nice, I, nice place to drive to tonight. It's a beautiful tonight. spot to tonight. drive to. Well done there, Mark. Yeah, no, we can have most uh, home games uh, being absent victory members. So two things I was going to speak to you about, um, but you did steal my thunder just just before. Uh, the clowns that sit up the back of the North Terrace, there would be more than two or three. There probably somewhere between 20 and 30, I'd say, that sit up the very back and boo constantly. When these guys are trying to do their hardest to actually uh, sing songs and bring the crowd along with them, Yep. Um, I wish they wouldn't even bother. But they don't own the songs. They don't own anything. And all they do is create havoc and they just cause an issue. Those of us that uh, go in week in, week out and drive a reasonable distance to go to these games, we don't want to hear or see these guys. Um, and if any of them are listening, don't bother turning up to the next home game because we don't want to see you. Yeah, I think, I think natural attrition will look after... Whatever's uh, if there's a bad core or a negative core in the group, there, Mark. So if there's only twenty of them left, I think over time, especially you know when you have, I, I thought, I, 
you could you could always feel the fantastic atmosphere at the ground tonight. Oh, through the the chanting was really lights, good. Yeah. That's what got me thinking about you know what's happened there in in the actual stadium because the chanting was really strong uh, and I, I I just felt everyone was very much focused on on the on the players and and their performance rather than you know what chant they're going to be doing next and all about them. So that's that has always been my issue with these active supporter groups and they're all almost came to a head with all the issues last year with the FFA where it seemed like a lot of the active supporter groups felt it was all about them and how important they were to the games when for me you know the important part of the game is are the clubs and the players on the field and how they're performing and and fans go there to support these players uh once it's about you and you know the and strikes and all that sort of stuff uh you know there's question marks over your intentions and whether you're really there for the right reason so for me uh, it might have been painful in the short term with the Northern Terrace issue, but I think uh, you know ultimately uh, in the long run, and maybe in the short term, who knows? But uh, in the short to medium term, long term, uh, it'll all be sorted out, and uh, Victory fans will all be there for the team. Mark, can I ask you a question? Yes, by the way. First of all, congratulations for for making the trip. Like sometimes we have Sydney fans, and we we have to ask them why can't they get on a train to go see their team play <laughs> in their own city? And you're you're driving. Given all the talk about a, a, another team in Melbourne and stuff like that, do you feel that there there needs to be another team closer to where you come from? And would it make a difference to you anyway? No, it wouldn't make any difference to uh, to us anyway. We've been members for seven years, I think it is, uh, and obviously. Due to the distance, we can't go to all the games, uh, but we go to as many as we possibly can. I think I heard one of you, uh, one of you boys, speak the other week, and I it stuck in my head. I thought it over quite a bit, and I, I totally agree. I'm not sure which one of you actually said it. If we don't promote one of these sides that play in the FFA Cup, they're going to lose interest. And I, I think it has to be a ground where they can be promoted or they at least have that opportunity to, to you know, step up accordingly. Um, I think two sides in Melbourne, personally, is enough. Uh, you know, the city really don't have the, the membership uh, that we, as victory members, actually do. So I would like to think that um, we would promote one of those other sides, whoever it may be. Yeah, no, thanks for your call, Mark. I think, I think the promotion relegation thing is a really interesting question and I know we were talking off air Carlos and you wanted to bring it on air around the relevance of Central Coast and where they're going in a competition where there's no promotion and relegation because I think I was thinking about what Mark was saying and what you'd said off air before and I think that if we don't have promotion relegation there is a real risk around the team like Central Coast Mariners becoming permanent cellar dwellers, you know, irrelevant because they're never going to be able to compete with the best teams. But having promotion relegation, if you think about the English Premier League, if there wasn't promotion relegation, there'd be some teams that would be totally irrelevant always. But because there is, there is relevance in staying up and staying good and there's relevance in being in dropping back and rebuilding. So I think that's the key. But my argument's not promotion relegation because that's not reality right now. Before I think the 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 phases of our evolution going forward is going to be expansion first. In 2018, there'll be two teams coming in. Uh, after that, there'll be 
probably, or even around about the same time, in the next five years, I think there'll be a professional second division with no promotion relegation. Then after a period of time, might be 10 years, they might start introducing promotion relegation with some parameters around it. I think it'll be slow going, but you need to have something. I think I'd really like to talk about this a lot more after the break, but just uh, quickly off the text message, because uh, Carlos, prepare yourself for the young gun, because that's coming yep. up very, very soon. Brian in Sanctuary Lake. Hi, guys. I only watch A-League sparingly, but love your show. Um, thank you very much for that. But you have to say victory is ahead of City simply because they're on top of them in the ladder, uh, on the ladder. And uh, last game they played City. Uh, City has the stars, but uh, does City have victories grunt and hard? I don't think so. That's Brian. No, they do. I, I think they do have the grunt and hard of, City, of victory. I, I think that the question marks over the resilience of City. I think they've dispelled that. Uh, even now... Uh, when they're not performing at their best, they're, they're resilient. They don't fall apart in games like they used to. That's not a question mark. I think the question mark over City right now is the balance of the team that John Van Skip puts out. Because of the way they want to play, it's all attacking and it's all possession-based. Uh, but if they lose possession, and we talked about this... And they North lost team, it like, in wrong areas yeah, last but night. That's where their problem is. If they lose the ball in bad areas, they don't tra- transition well enough into defence. That's their problem. No question mark over grunt. No question mark... Over talent. In, in, fact, in fact, people are now talking about them being over-aggressive at times, True. which I would prefer Melbourne City to be rather than the, the previous editions of Melbourne City where they were just soft and lame and they gave pathetic efforts. I'd rather them getting sent off, kicking people... You know, being in refs' faces, all that sort of stuff, all the ugly stuff, rather than the old style. I don't condone it, by the way, but I'd rather it than be, them being soft. You don't condone it, but you love it. Well, I, I like it for the, for the future of this club, and I like it for the future of the derbies. Because if you've got in-your-face, aggressive, combustible derbies, that's what suddenly a lot of people will start gravitating to. And ladder to. positions, that I'd accept that on pure... If you're looking purely at the ladder at the moment, there's not a question. But we all know we're 12 games into the season. You know, ladder positions aren't irrelevant. They're an indication of how you're going at the moment, but they're not an indication of how well you're going to go when you play finals. And one thing that Melbourne City have got this season, if they get themselves in a position to play finals, they've proved in cutthroat games that they can compete and compete hard, and they've done it against Sydney who were undefeated in the league, and they've done it against Melbourne Victory in a semi-final, and did it, not comfortably, but did it in a way that showed that they're right up for those big games. So for me, if Melbourne Victory fans want to bring it on at the moment, they're better than City, no question. But let's talk at the end of the season when we're playing cutthroat finals and where we sit, and I'm happy to have that conversation. I think what's like in Kilkenny, Cahill and Fornaroli, you've got to... You got three guys who are just so passionate about what they do, and they were and Jakobsen too, I guess, and Brandon, and Brand, yeah. yeah, but who will actually will take you to task if you let the team down. Mm. They'll have a crack at each other. They say they, they are so feisty yeah. and fiery, which I think has added a real spring in the step. If you of that look team. at if you look at the ladder, they sit on nineteen points, Melbourne City. And I know they sit on nineteen points. They're six points clear. They're light years in front of Newcastle in terms of where they sit. Those top four teams, I tell you what, come finals, when we get to that point, they are going to be enthralling, hard-nosed battles, and it's going to be worth watching. It's 28 past 11. Carlos's Young Gun. 
With uh, thanks to St Monica's College uh, in Epping, the Northern Football Academy uh, in tw- starts in 2017. For more details, give them a call on 94098800 or check out their website. It's a wonderful academy. Uh, Simon Colosimo is actually mm. the uh, patron of that academy and um, they've got fantastic facilities. So make sure you check them out on the web. Carlos. Old boy of the school, apparently, Simon. So, yeah. uh, yes, he uh, developed his education. My winner of the Young Gun tonight is a guy that got dropped by uh, Kevin Muscat early in the season, went to the Northern Football Academy to get his confidence back at St. Monica's, <laughs> and back in the team in the last three or four weeks, and actually I think he's held, holding his own, and will keep his spot uh, against the Nick Ansel, who's just knocking on the door. I'm talking about James Donoghue, who scored tonight, young central defender, who I think has had to toughen up his game to get a game in that uh, victory team, but it's just been wonderful watching this guy evolve in his time at victory. Uh, he was a decent player at Brisbane Raw, getting regular game time, but I think he's really taken his game to another level in the aggression states, uh, in, in the bullying states as a, as stakes as a, as a centre half there at victory. So he's my young gun, and I really hope that, uh, I love Nick Ansel too, by the way. I really hope that somehow those two find their way into a fantastic Aussie made partnership in the middle of that defence by the end of the season. I was just going to say, if there's a Melbourne victory fan that is 100% confident of them beating City in a cutthroat final, I'd love them to get on the phone and tell me why, because I reckon they're dreaming. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Hey, let's take a break and come back with more of the Diego's final whistle on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. Thanks for your company on the final whistle with the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. Melbourne victory defeated Central Coast Mariners tonight 4-1. Um, it was uh, kind of a procession. No, it was. It was an emphatic victory. I fought victory. against that early on, but it was a procession. Good, very good, Warren. You had me <laughs> guessing. Um, at Amy Park tonight in front of a crowd of 20,491. And in the W League, Canberra defeated uh, Melbourne victory 2-1. Uh, it was... a uh, it was a good game tonight, and uh, thanks for your texts and all your calls. But uh, please, give us a call, 9429-1116. We'd love to hear from you tonight, 9429-1116. Carlos, uh, before mm. we went to the break, you talked about, uh, and Warren and Vinny, you talked yep. about uh, expansion and uh, whether yep. Central Coast Mariners were worthy of yep. actually being in the A-League at the moment. And if there was expansion, um, could they potentially... Be one of the one of the clubs that makes way. Central Coast Mariners with the right attitude. Yes, you're welcome. Absolutely welcome. We saw that in the early years. They won a grand final. They won, and they've continuously punched above their weight. Very few resources. I've been up there. Had run my town call, town hall meetings up there in Gosford, and I've seen their uh, facility. And it's quaint and it's nice. And with the right attitude, yes, you're welcome to stay in the league. That's the same. That's the same message to Wellington Phoenix too. You're welcome if you're trying, right? But if you're going to keep on hiding behind the salary cap and the fact there's no promotion relegation and just put a team out there and not care about making it better, not caring about... that's a big call. They, they care. No, they They're don't. trying. No, 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 Paul Ocon's trying right now. They've got a manager in there that's done a wonderful job in a short period of time. But last 18 months or so, two years under uh, Wormsley, uh, they were pathetic and they didn't try. And they were continuously playing a brand of football that was a losing brand of football and they almost embraced it because they felt that we're just going to 
start developing kids and there's no promotion relegation so what's a what's a big you know what's a big problem about that so but all, they got rid of him Carlos all, all so I'm clearly saying, they weren't happy with that times are changing Warren in 2018 we're going to have two teams coming into this competition there's going to be a bidding war in the first half of this year in the first half of 2017 uh, there's going to be bids and there's going to be consortiums and people there'll be players lot, being signed people a lot of with a lot of money we're talking about the Tasmanian bid who's got from all reports Backing from federal government. They have. Backing from Tasmanian government. We're talking about heavy hitters in politics. We've got Sunshine Coast Consortium who have got um, billionaires from China, from Singapore, from India in their consortium. We've got the talk about Geelong. There's talk about Casey. Uh, with the, they're going to build a $20 million facility. These people aren't small potatoes. These are serious South Melbourne and the other ones too, who are going, you know, every, every week they're getting some sort of announcement out there. What I'm saying to the likes of Central Coast Mariners and to an extent Wellington Phoenix, even though, as Vinny said earlier in the show, uh, with the, with the attraction of, um, Barbarousas and also Finkler, they're showing their intention, which is great. Uh, but Central Coast Mariners, they're on notice for me because if you're going to knock back a serious uh, bidder for uh, as an expansion team with who are serious. They've got plenty of money and they're going to build stadiums and all that sort of stuff and keep Central Coast Mariners in. For me, I'm calling for them to be removed from the competition. So what do they need to do? We've got the... Uh, to gen- satisfy you. We, we've got a transfer window. <laughs> well, they don't pay their full salary cap, number one. Right, so they, we know that we've got plenty of room in yeah, their salary absolutely. Cap. They don't have a marquee. Right when they did get a marquee, they they brought Louis Garcia, who was great ten years ago. But he was a marketing tool only. Uh, but that's not going to get. That, it wasn't no, about winning games. That was games. a pathetic yeah. attempt. Okay, now this is a team, by the way. I'm not jumping all over Central Coast Mariners because their history shows that they actually have gone beyond their means. They brought John Aloisi back to Australia. Uh, as the first club that he came back when he came back to Australia, he played there in part of one season. They showed their ambition there. Bozza played there. Didn't Bozza he? Play, played there too. They, those guys wouldn't have played for no money, or if they did play for very little money, the negotiation skills, the 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 attraction of coming to a club that wanted to punch above its weight it was a project, Carlos. A- it was a project. Piero would have gone there. But what we're getting at the moment from Central Coast is uh, just not necessarily right now. But we have, up until Paul Ocon came on board, we have had a club that was just quite happy to just meander along, uh, bringing the league into disrepute, by the way, with the way they were playing and the, their approach to it. And for me, it's a slap in the face of the likes of a South Melbourne, maybe, or a Sunshine Coast team, or a Geelong team that might not get into the A-League in two years' time because of the fact that we've got these underachieving teams that don't want to really extend themselves because of the financial aspects of it. With the recent uh, television rights, obviously there's going to be a bit of extra money uh, in the A-League going forward. Um, don't you think that they deserve an opportunity when there's more money to, to have, a, have a crack at a, a couple of decent Rodgers, I'm, just, I'm just putting them on, on notice, right? Okay. You're alarmed. I mean, look, No, I'm just putting them on notice. No, no I, I'm are... fighting for the, for, the, for the bids, the consortium bids, that are serious and they desperate to be in this league. It has to straighten them up. I it, mean, it really it, does. I really hope so. I, I really wanted to start waking them up and saying, okay, we've, we've actually had some success in the past. So there's no reason why we can't replicate that. We don't need 20,000 crowds every week. They've shown that they could be a successful team with what they've got. That's all I'm asking for. But don't treat the league 
with disrespect, you know, with any disrespect by having, um, you know, a, a philosophy the way they have prior to Paul Ocon. It's, that's not the case right now, but I, I'm concerned that in this January transfer window, they might lose, they might lose Roy O'Donovan. There's talk about him moving on. What are they going to replace him with? What, some kid from the NPL? Because that's what they've done in the past. So I want to see how serious they are in this January transfer window. Mike Charlesworth, who is the owner of this club, has money. He just doesn't want to spend it. And the resources, they've got such, so few resources up there at Mariners. That's, if you're going to own a club, you know you've got to spend. And uh, I want to see their intention. Because if their intention is not real and they don't want to add value to this competition, I want the FFA to put pressure on them. You would hope they are. That was going to, that was going to be yeah. my next comment. Surely the FFA, uh, given that they've now got some extra money and, and all these club owners are really just kind of sitting back right now and waiting uh, for how it's going to be distributed, um, surely the FFA, there will be some conditions around this distribution. Well, what concerns me, Rodders, is that it may not be spent on players. I mean, clubs don't have to spend all their salary cap. And that worries me because Central Coast certainly don't. It's an interesting topic, Carlos, that you've raised. Um, anyway, what do you think? 9429-1116. Uh, Emin Doncaster, 100% correct, uh, Carlos. Um, re-expansion, and obviously this uh, takes the conversation a bit, bit uh, off tangent a little bit, but out of all the potential new clubs, who do you think is the best to... Uh, in the best place to be the next club uh, in the A-League, personally, I think it's uh, Geelong, Chris. Warren, who do, you, who do you think? Oh, look, I think Geelong are competitive, but I think they've probably lost a little bit of their front running. If if the information that Carlos is presenting is correct, particularly around, you know, it seems to me that Queensland was obviously a place where they wanted two teams. They had two dips at it around Brisbane. So as much as we become a little bit, you know, Sydney-Melbourne-centric, and I don't know where the... Because I would have thought that it was almost a given that the Cronulla-Sutherland southern part of Sydney was almost over the line as one of the licences. But the way it seems to me, I would love the I would love the competition to expand beyond Sydney and Melbourne with another team. If it was Tassie and the Sunshine Coast, I'd really like that. I think... There's massive potential, I think, in Perth. You know, there's the divide of the Swan River. I don't know whether you get a team in Fremantle, that side of Perth. I think Perth is a really big city capable of having derbies. They've got huge football support through expat South Africans, expat English, that sort of stuff. So I think Geelong's an obvious one, but I think I'd prefer another team somewhere else rather than the third team in Sydney or Melbourne. But the hard-nosed businessman that is Carlos well, the probably says that that <laughs> won't happen. The, first, the number one criteria <laughs> is broadcast appeal, right? Uh, it has to be. Yeah, you're, you're free-to-wear to free channels, and I've said this over and over again, they want full stadiums, they want the combustible derbies, they want something that, you know, that, that will just completely enamour people who are watching it on TV. Right, that's what they want to do. It's like the big bash and all that sort of stuff. They they want that. Now I don't know if you can get that in Tassie. I hope. Look, you know the good the people who are running the Tassie bit are good people, uh, and they've got really good support. And their in their in their proposal is going to be fantastic. If they can replicate that, that's fine. I'm not saying it can't happen there, uh, but I would be shocked if it wasn't Sydney, Melbourne. At first, but you talk about Perth, but Adelaide. I mean, remember yeah, no, Adelaide, West Adelaide, yeah, yep. Adelaide, Juventus derbies in the in the seventies and eighties used to fill. Uh, Hindmarsh, I mean, 
put another team in Adelaide and suddenly you get, you know, their derbies are easily filled with Hindmarsh. You probably have to play them at Adelaide Oval, their derbies. So uh, I think every major capital city or every major city could actually have a, another team. But in the first phase, you can't bring in eight teams. So in the first phase, I think you've got to have a, a Sydney-Melbourne. But, and then after that, and by the way, I'd couple the Sydney-Melbourne with suddenly the announcement of a, a professional second division. Because all these other teams can start developing their clubs in a second division for five or six or ten years, then introduce promotion relegation, and then we have what is a real league, a yeah. real setup. That That, that uh, second division, to me, is a, is a critical part of this. So Will we still be on air when the, we're talking Absolutely. about second division? Yeah. We'll be now. 30, 36. Yeah, 30. <laughs> so, yeah, no, not so sure there, Warren, but um, interesting conversation. Uh, let's take a break now and come back with uh, more of the Diego's final whistle on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. Time flies when you're having fun here on the final whistle. Thanks for your company. Melbourne Victory defeated Central Coast Mariners 4-1 to move to second on the table at Amy Park tonight in front of a crowd of 20,491. And in the W League, Canberra defeated Melbourne Victory 2-1. I just laugh there because Warren keeps waving at me. 31,500 people went and watched football over two days. Now, I I know Victory got bigger crowds than Melbourne City and that's a given, but that's good in terms of people going to watch the game in this city during this period of the time. What's more important right now, Warren? Who's watching it on TV? What are the numbers? That's what we need to know. Oh, sorry. Actually, you're right because we aren't able to break the crowd down into rusted on versus theatre goers. (laughs) So you're right. It's not good that 30,000 people are turning. The future of the game depends on what we get. In the next TV broadcast, I'm interested deal. in bums okay. on seats, Carlos. Does that mean I can do I'm the show from home? In the next generation of fans <laughs> and the next generation of players and the livelihood of everyone involved in the sport in the next fifty years, when me and you are long gone and we're doing the Four Diego's in in heaven. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. right. we're, we're up in the cloud. Yeah, it'll be yeah, in the cloud. Yeah. We're the cloud. Yeah, we're yeah. in the cloud. Yep. In the cloud and we'll be ringing up Jeez. God and the, the, actually having an interview with God every week. The guests we're going to get, Carlos. Oh, yeah, the guests will be fantastic. <laughs> actually, SoundCloud is in the cloud already. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, I'm, t- I'm just thinking of the future, Warren. I know you're really short termism. You don't care. I want bums yeah. on seats because. Yeah. The analogy you're making is I can do the show from home. And you're a climate change denier too. If you two are working at the FFA, you're just in different departments. You still work for the FFA. You're just the ticketing guy. And you're the broadcast rights no, guy. He's that's just a marketing guy. On. He's no, worried no, no, about... No. He's a marketing guy. That's oh, all he is. You know, I would say that 31... To any fair-minded, free-thinking, intelligent human being... 31,500 people to oh, watch football over yeah. two nights yeah. is absolutely sensational it's not for the sensational. game. It's just, it's good and it's okay, but it's irrelevant right oh, I'm now. I'm happy with that. I think, I think it's Who's fair. watching it on TV, no, that's, boys? That's, that's a relevant point as well. That's, more, that's really relevant. No. <laughs> it's unlike you. <laughs> no, I'm happy with that as well. No, of You're crossing on the yeah. fence. It's an important metric, uh, Carlos mm. Alberto. But, uh, for thumbs the future on of the game in this country, it's an important metric. It's much more important. Are you want to play with other people's money, Carlos? Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, uh, 942-911-16. Still got a bit of time for your calls. Let's just go and have a look at some text messages. Hey, for Diego's question, who would win between a victory over Seas 11, mm. including the likes of Cruz, Milligan, Traore, etc., versus a victory team here? Oh, look, I don't think this is the best victory team ever. Is it one of the hardest teams to beat? So I'd probably go for the overseas 11 over this victory team. Would we have question. Kevin Musket in the back? <laughs> He's too old. 
Oh, they look Traore was good though, but I I reckon look Cruz is not in good form at the moment, so I'd go us now. So imagining yeah. they're they're, pl- they're still playing. Obviously, I, I think we bring... I think we underestimate how good our our good players are in this country. We're hearing over in Huddersfield right now that Aaron Moy. Mm. Everyone's talking about Basie him. Pitler. Well, actually, they're talking about him being an EPL standard player now, and even a top. If they get promoted, they'd be a top player in the EPL now. Uh, the other talk is that Man City is, um, you know, next season look like they're going to bring him back into the fold and maybe and start playing him for the Manchester City. This is the guy who just How walked straight out of an A League team into the Championship. So I think a Troisi right now is probably as good as a Cruz, to tell you the truth. I think um, a Barisha could probably trouble uh, any. Uh, Barisha the... should score goals in the Championship. Yeah, I mean, for if we're talking sure. about if we're talking about overseas victory players, yeah. well, Leia would be part of the overseas team. I think Brisha would trouble layer. So I, I think it's how well the Victory boys are doing over there. Now, if you throw Tommy Rogic in there, that could trouble the home-based team. He, quali- he would qualify for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. But uh, I, I think Cruz, you know, for me... It's a very good question. Uh, well, look, there's a lot of... I mean, it's only hypothetical because you've got to bring these guys together. You've got to train them. Who's going to be their coach? <laughs> will Ernie Merrick be their it's, coach? It's not going to happen, yeah. Carl. Memory Trevakovic will be their coach. <laughs> yeah, that's right. right? Jim Majilton <laughs> will be their coach. Jimmy Majilton. Right? He'll be the assistant. Yeah, yeah. It could, it's Merrick's troubling me. It's troubling job. me because it's... You know... It could um, never happen. You know the, and I should know his name, the assistant coach of Melbourne Victory. John Paul Dino. Yeah, yeah. Is yep. he the first ever assistant coach to, to be the assistant coach from behind the glass? No, he's more, yeah, he's sure, the assistant sure. coach. No, coaches. Who's the last assistant coach that got sent off? He well, spent the night in the know. stands tonight. Oh, I'm sure that, I'm sure that, you know, I didn't have the records in front of me. I'm sure that other assistant coaches have been sent off. Can I ask another hypothetical question? Would, would Aaron They're troubling Moy, me, these hypothetical questions. Would Aaron Moy get the call from Pep? Well, yeah, appa- no, apparently... It's Pep. Apparently, from what, of what they're talking about over there, that they're keeping tabs on him weekly. But would he, come, would, would he have been in conversation with in Pep We Trust uh, by now? Do you think... Apparently, he, apparently he's spoken tapas, with him. Tapas Pep's and Payala has, has been shared. Has been shared. Well, between Moy and Pep. Yeah, apparently, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Moy, Moy Did you get this from a town hall meeting? Town hall, town hall. Town yeah. Hall. yeah. yeah. Coming. coming to the big yeah. league. Moyes <laughs> developed a taste, acquired a taste for Payala. He wasn't a real Payala man before, but now he's loving Payala, and he loves it when Pep puts it together, just throws it together. <laughs> you look like uh, a pasty burla. I, I want you to come to Manchester City. You can do it. Yeah, no, your fantastic. Scottish one's better than your Spanish just one. Just off the text right. message here, Warren, a given should be forty to 45,000 over two, over two games. So yep. there you go. That's oh, just... that's clearly saying. City no, I don't agree. Down. I don't agree. Good I evening. It's good. Good evening, Diego's Melbourne Victory Four versus Central Coast Mannequins. Uh, one <laughs> witches hats. Well done, Victory. Cheers, Tom in Greenvale. Mm. Hey, um, so no, are there any more doubts about Victory? Because at the start of the year, we you know they've brought in Beister, who is obviously yep. coming in off the bench. peripheral. Um, Might not be there in know, January. Actually, we had a text message earlier, um, who I've lost for some reason, uh, saying they should have uh, kept Archie going for an extra year uh, rather than pick up uh, Beister. But um, you know, are there any more lingering doubts about the completeness of the Victory squad or team? I, I think because they play a high energy, uh, high work rate type, high pressing. A very intense type of football, they can have an off day. You know, if their energy is not up or something's happened, if Barisha is injured because they don't have a, so I think they've got a lack of depth in certain positions, and because they rely on that high energy type of 
style of play, uh, they might not be up for a game now and again. So I, I think their style of play and maybe the lack of depth at different times means that they do have an issue here and there. But look, they might they might be able to go through the rest of the season without having the injury problems, uh, just getting better and better as a cohesive unit. And I think they'll be fine. I think they keep getting stronger. I, mm. I, I, I think Rojas is is very important to this squad's ongoing success, as is Barisha, and they're the two sort of yep. main outlets for goals. And if, if you tap them up a little bit, we're in a bit more trouble. I think they're solid. I think they're going to be a team that are going to be very hard to... Look, there's no doubt their improvement has come from defence. As much as I'd hate to say they've got far more clean sheets, they concede far less goals, and that's the big thing. I, I don't have any problem... If Melbourne City can defend as well as Melbourne Victory, I will back City to score more goals than Melbourne Victory in a game. But until such a time that I have that confidence, I'm saying to you that Victory are right absolutely in the hunt because they've actually got their defence under control. Valeri, Broxham's fitted in. The defensive pairing, I think Barrow, there might have been questions on him, you know, replacing Del Pierre, but he's actually come in and doing a very similar role in many ways he's he's got a good range of pass he plays within his limitations he does what he does for the team he fronts up every week doesn't get injured you know Jakobsen two weeks out because of an injury maybe bad bad luck or whatever but Barrow's playing every week Donicky's back fit Jerisi was interrupted you know hurt his shoulder I think Rojas's continuity he had all White's duty, and he was coming back from long trips away, so forth and so on. So victory are right in the hunt. Do I think City can beat them still? Absolutely, I do, but they're in it for sure. City's got a structural issue. They've got to address that. And I think they can. I don't know if they will, because John Van Skip hates fullbacks. He has no (laughs) respect for that position. And do I need to go through the history? No, no, you don't. No, no, you, <laughs> you don't. don't. Okay, because no. we're going to take our final break. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm going to say during the break. Gonna, we'll come back. Yeah, yeah, say it off here. Let's take a break now and come back with a little bit more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. As we're coming around the home stretch uh, with a couple of minutes to go, um, it is the Four Diego's final whistle. Thanks for your company tonight. Appreciate all of your calls and your text messages. Melbourne Victory defeated Central Coast uh, 4-1 to go to second on the table. It was an emphatic win. And in the W League, Canberra defeated Melbourne Victory 2-1. In the next games on New Year's Eve, Central Coast take on Melbourne City. Warren? Look, it shouldn't be a danger game, Carlos. uh, Look... If anything that I say has any credibility whatsoever, and probably on the margin most of it doesn't, (laughs) but Melbourne City just go up there, they have to be ruthless. It has to be as impressive and as comprehensive, was that the word you used? Emphatic. Emphatic Mm -hmm. as what Melbourne Victory put together tonight. But you know what? With the sauce bottle in the background and the threat of, you know, wafting smoke from fireworks on New Year's Eve, the Central Coast always get up for this game. So, it, But it shouldn't even be an issue. And if they've got the bollocks that they should have, Ooh. Ooh. they should just win comfortably. And then uh, on Monday in Geelong, Melbourne Victory take on Newcastle Jets, Vinny. Oh, Melbourne Victory, Geelong. Jets are better than Central yep. Coast. I'm confident. Jets and are better than Central Coast, but... Victory are good. And, of course, the final whistle is next mm. on Monday, the 2nd of January. So make sure you tune in for that. That's it for this week's show. 
Um, thanks for your calls and your texts. So remember, Cuddleosh. Where are Puerto Rican girls hang out? We're, we're there. there. Wherever you samba, rumba, and la bamba, we're, we're there. there. Wherever there are girls with thread on their head and balls their feet, we're, we're there. there. Wherever gringos play football, we're, we're there. there. We are the Four Diego. Olé! Olé!